listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Um, I've been saying this. What do you think, Tiffany? For six months? I don't know six months, seven months that we've been declaring that we're going to finish this year, probably six months, five months. We're going to finish this year in wonders and signs. It's going to be the best end of a year we've ever had. But let me tell you, I got a word to go along with it today that is going to put you in that place of extreme expectancy. And it should, because that's what God's looking for. <laughs> Online flirting, Carolyn said. <laughs> What's up, girl? Um, God can do, now when you think about this, this stupid shirt, come on. Um, God can do, now here's, here's the thought that I want to get into your spirit. Oh, before I say that, well, I'll, I'll tell you later because I'm waiting for everybody to be here. God can do not only more than you can expect him to do, but he can do it more quickly than you can expect him to do it. Carolyn, what is she doing? She's on another level. She said, it's hard to go teach. That shirt is hot on you. I got online flirting happening right now. Uh, Dylan said, please don't take your shirt off again. We still have any? Love you, Carolyn. Um, God will not just do more than you expect him to do. He'll do it more quickly than you expect him to do it. And that's, this is really the thought I'm going to deal with today. I, I want to get you in the mindset that God is going to move swiftly for us, swiftly, that his word is going to come to pass very quickly for us, our families. And I'm going to give you scripture on this today because he'll, he'll not just do more than you can believe him to do. He'll do it more quickly than you can believe him to do it. I'm going to show you that from scripture, give you some scriptures to stand on. And then, uh, we're going to, we're going to get into this, but I want to say this, um, about tomorrow, tomorrow, which is, which is Friday. If you're watching this today, um, I'm going to deal with something very specific, uh, that I've really just been looking into seeing some things written on and some credible things. Uh, and we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about being prepared? I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something that is very possibly coming in the future. And I want to, I want to talk about that on the broadcast. It's not normally what I do, but it's something that I feel like Christians need to be prepared for. And so tomorrow at the 1030 hour broadcast, and then Carolyn's on it too with my mom, which is going to be a powerful day. But I want to deal with something that very possibly could be coming in the near future, how you can be ready for it, what we need to do and how we need to pray and how we need to be prepared. So you do not want to miss tomorrow's broadcast. And that's really all I'm going to say about it right now. But I'm just telling you, it's, it's an important thought. But today I want to show you this in Psalm 147. I want you to turn there and put these down uh, in your notes. And I want you to... Um, highlight this. I want you to underline it. I want this scripture verse to be in your spirit because it's going to be the basis of what I'm teaching on today, the foundation, but then we're going to look at some examples and these should build your faith to the next level. First of all, it's important for us to understand God's word and the name of Jesus are without a doubt the two most powerful forces that there are. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God in the name of Jesus. Both of those are at our disposal. Both of them are. We have the ability and we've been commanded to use the name of Jesus. Jesus said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing, but you'll ask the father in my name. And whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. So We've been commanded to use the name of Jesus, but on top of that, we've been given this mighty word that we're also supposed to use. And uh, so we, we're going to get into that. But one of the things that I want you to see about the word of God, Psalm 147, 
And uh, I want you to see verse 15. Verse 15, Psalm 147 and verse 15. Uh, the Bible says, he sends out his command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. Or the ESV, it says his word runs swiftly. He sends out, God sends out his command to the earth and his word runs swiftly. So one of the things that I want you to get in your spirit is that God's word doesn't take long to work. Please get that. I feel like religious Christianity has put us in the mindset that, you know, we pray one of these years, God's going to come to pass. There's been people who have been praying for the same thing to come to pass for 10 years, 20 years. I'm not telling you to give up on what you're praying for, but what I am telling you is it doesn't take God 20 years to move. It doesn't take God 10 years to move. And so uh, I, I'm, sh I'm showing you this from Psalm 147, 15. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. His word runs swiftly. Now, if we start talking about what his word can do, we could go to Isaiah 55 and look at verse 11 where the Bible says that when he sends out his word, it never comes back empty. And it always accomplishes what he sends it to do and prospers in the thing whereunto he has sent it. Aaron said the New Living Translation says his word flies swiftly. It's powerful. So Isaiah 55, 11, when combined with Psalm 147, we see that not only does his word run very swiftly, but wherever his word runs, it accomplishes what he sent it to do. So, and put it in the comments today, his word doesn't fail. That's what we need to start with. His word doesn't fail. It moves quickly and it doesn't fail. Those two things need to be in your heart. His word moves quickly and it doesn't fail. Very, very important because this is our, uh, this is our number one trust, our number one hope. Our hope is in his name and our hope is in his word. His word moves quickly and his word does not fail. It accomplishes, it accomplishes, it accomplishes. That's where we're at. And so we titled this today, things are quickly changing for us. Why? Why are things quickly changing for us? Because we have a word that's moving swiftly. And on top of that, we have a, uh, a word and a name that's powerful, more powerful than any other name. As Philippians said, it sets it high, sets it high above every other name. He gave unto him a name that's above every other name. So at that name, every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So his, his word runs very swiftly and it does not fail. Now there are certain things, for example, uh, I'll answer Nancy's question in the, in the comments. She said, one question, why did it take Sarah 25 years to have the promised child. One of the things that you have to understand when it's, when we're de dealing with his word is that you have to understand that there's a difference between his word and the promises of his word and things that are prophetic or things that were prophesied because things that are prophesied, they have a timeline that they will follow. And so things that are prophesied in scripture, like for example, you could, you could make the same argument and say, well, how come if the Bible says that the end is coming, why, why is it taking so long for the rapture to happen if God's word runs so swiftly? Well, the rapture is a prophesied event that has a timeline. Well, why does it take so long for the antichrist to be revealed and for the tribulation to begin? That's a prophesied thing and it's on a timeline. So things that are prophesied to come to pass, come to pass on a timeline and it's God's timeline. But then there are other things as we talk about his word, there are things that are promised and 
that things that are available to us through covenant with God, through his word, that uh, it's, it's not based on a prophecy that is waiting to be fulfilled. It's based on what Jesus already did. Love you too, faith. And so there is a difference between the two. And uh, so here we are. His word runs swiftly and it accomplishes. So it always accomplishes what he sends it to do, right? Always accomplishes what he sends it to do. So we talk about the fact that God's word does not take long to manifest. I think about Matthew chapter eight. The Bible says that uh, a centurion came to Jesus asking for a miracle. My servant is home sick with palsy. Jesus was actually willing to go to his house. He said, you don't have to speak the word only. And my servant shall be made whole. Speak the word only. And my servant shall be made whole. And what did Jesus say? This is the greatest faith I've seen in all of Israel. And then he spoke a word. And what does the Bible say took place? And the servant was healed from that hour, from that very hour which means Jesus' word ran swiftly. It went right to the house where the servant was lying in bed and the word got into the servant and the servant was made whole from that very hour. Didn't take 20 years, didn't take 10 years. Right then, as the word was released, it took place. Hallelujah. And so I want you to, I want you to catch this. His word moved swiftly. And his word accomplishes his word accomplishes. I'm teaching this today because I want you to have an understanding and an expectancy that we are finishing this year in wonders. We've got two months for wonders to take place in our families, in our lives, our ministries, our businesses, in our physical bodies, wonders things that nobody can explain away, things that only God can get the glory for, divine wonders, hallelujah, divine wonders. And so things are happening swiftly. His word runs swiftly. And on top of that, his name is above every other name and his word accomplishes. We're finishing the year in wonders, hallelujah, in wonders. Now see, the, the spirit of this world does not want this to happen. The spirit of this world does not want the antichrist spirit, the antichrist agenda does not want these things to come to pass, which is why I told you, you need to join me tomorrow because tomorrow at this hour, the 1030 hour, I'm dealing with something that's very possibly coming in the future and how we need to be ready for it, how we need to pray against it and what we can do in wisdom to be ready for it. And there's, it's not conspiracy theory. It's something that if you understand end times Bible prophecy, if you understand where the world is going, if you understand the one world uh, agenda, then you can understand these things are not conspiracy. They are Bible prophecy. And so we're going to deal with it tomorrow. You don't want to miss tomorrow's broadcast as well, because I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to show you some things that have already been uh, by credible sources established and we need to deal with this, but we're expecting wonders before this year comes to an end, divine wonders. And so we can see not just that the Bible describes his word that way, but also on top of that, we can see the narrative that it happened that way. Matthew eight, the servant was made whole from that very hour, from that very hour. Let me, let me give you another example. In 2 Kings chapter 7, you know the story. I wrote about it in uh, two magazines ago. I was talking to you about the fact that uh, the prophet Elisha, in the midst of a severe famine, spoke a word from God. And what did he say? By this time tomorrow. By what? By this time tomorrow food will be readily available in the city square. Now that is a massive prophecy and prediction by this time tomorrow. I mean, we've been in famine for all this time. Can it really turn around that quickly? You better believe it can turn around that quickly because we serve a God who can turn things around that quickly. 
This is what, what Elisha's prophesying here is a 24 hour turnaround. I want you to hear this. This is a serious situation where people don't have any food. People are struggling. People are dying famine. And Elisha speaks a 24 hour turnaround. You say, well, can God really turn this? This is a serious situation. This is a severe situation that affects a whole country. You better believe God can. You better believe God can. He's able. 24 hour turnaround. Why can, why can that be possible? Why can a 24 hour turnaround be possible? His word runs very swiftly. His word runs very swiftly. And what else? It always accomplishes. His word runs swiftly and it always accomplishes. And so I'm telling you right now, get ready for those kinds of turnarounds, those kinds of turnarounds. And this is what I'm, I'm dealing with. If you're just logging on, I was encouraging you not to miss tomorrow because we need these kinds of turnarounds in America and around the world. Tomorrow, I'm going to deal with something. For those of you that are logging on, you need to put it down. You don't want to miss it because we're going to deal with something that's very real and very possibly coming to pass. If the church does not stand and pray and believe, how are we going to prepare? How are we going to deal with the things that the enemy wants to happen? The antichrist agenda, we're standing on a word that does not fail, a word that runs swiftly and a word that always accomplishes. And he said, by this time tomorrow, food will be readily available and cheaply available in the city square. Now, the Bible says that the man who's the the captain of the guard on whose arm the king leaned, which means he was the right-hand man of the king. He didn't believe that word. He said, seriously, if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven, could this thing even be? (laughs) What a dumb thing to say. What a dumb thing to say, because the prophet responds and says, oh, it's going to happen. You'll see it with your own eyes, but you'll not eat any of it. And that really, and that's what I wrote that article about back in the summer. That's what happens to people like that. They hear the word and doubt it. And they say, well, could that really happen? I mean, you really believe that could happen? Oh, you'll see it happen. See, the, the point I made all those months ago was this. Doubting the word of God does not stop God's word from working. It just stops it from working for you, which is a horrible place to be on the outside looking in. Everybody else is getting blessed and you're sitting there just watching because your doubt doesn't stop God's work word from working. It doesn't strip God's word of its power because one person doubted it. It just stops it from working for you. And so the the key is this, when you read this word, when you hear this word preached and taught, don't doubt it, believe it, believe it, stand on it and and don't look at, see one of the biggest problems immature Christians make, and we, we dealt with this yesterday, is this pulling down because of this cord? We dealt with this yesterday when we talked about immaturity, we dealt with the fact that Christians who are immature, they base their whole life on what their five senses can experience. But that's not, that is not what faith does. Faith does not base everything on the five senses and what they can experience. Because faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things that are not yet seen. So if the things that are coming to you are not yet seen, then they also can't be felt and they also can't be heard and they also can't be tasted and they also can't be smelled. So if the things that are coming for you, the things God's prepared for you, if they are unseen means they haven't manifested yet. And so if you begin to talk and make decisions and everything else on what you can only experience with the five senses, You've already missed what faith is and what it does. You've already missed it. Morning, Laura, Lauren, because it's based on the things that are not yet seen. So we are looking into the unseen realm and calling those things that are not as though they are. 
That's what faith does. It calls the things that are not as though they are, and then praises God that it's come to pass even before it comes to pass. That's what faith does. And so here we see, yes, his word runs swiftly and his word accomplishes, but God can move so fast. It'll make the devil's head spin. The Bible says that the prophet said by this time tomorrow, a 24 hour turnaround for the people of God. And then what took place? The 24 hour turnaround happened and the same guard who said that it can't happen if God opened up the windows of it. He was at the gate, opened it, and the people coming in to buy food trampled the man to death at the gate because it turned that quickly. He saw it, couldn't experience it. God moved in 24 hours. Think about that. God can move for you instantly. Things can change in 24 hours. You could wake up and everything be different by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm thinking of the story of David. You know, they were embroiled in a battle against the Philistines, Israel was. It was a nationwide battle. You think, well, my God, how long is this thing gonna take before it comes to an end? How long are we gonna be in this conflict? And then all of a sudden, God has one man that steps out onto the field and ends the whole thing in an afternoon. Because a man with faith began to step up for God. <laughs> Hallelujah. A man with faith began to step up for God. Wow. Things turned around. The whole nation received a victory. Hallelujah. 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 Turned around. I'm thinking of the story in 2 Kings 19. of, And I've used this story often. It's one of my favorites in the Bible. 2 Kings 19, a whole army led by King Sennacherib, 185,000 soldiers come to destroy God's people and Hezekiah of Judah, the king of Judah. And what does God do? God releases one angel by his word, one angel because of Hezekiah's prayers and his praise, releases one angel by his word. An angel comes down and in one night, it's not a three-month battle. It's not a two-year war. In one night, kills every enemy soldier. And they woke up in the morning, and every enemy was dead. And in 24 hours, probably less, God turned the whole thing around. His word moved swiftly, my friend. How long do you think it'll take God to turn your situation around. How long do you honestly think it'll take God to bring that victory you've been believing for, that breakthrough? How long do you think it'll take the Lord to make that thing come to pass? Not long at all. We got two whole months of this year left. How many wonders do you think God can bring to pass? Hallelujah, how many wonders? Do you think God can bring to pass in two whole months of a year left over? Oh, many. God can move mightily on your behalf. I'm getting your faith ready. I'm, I'm stirring you up for what's getting ready to take place. Things are quickly changing for us in Jesus' name. In fact, I want you to put it by faith in the comments. Things are quickly changing for us. Things are quickly changing for us. Right? That's our story. Things are quickly changing for you and for me, for our families, our business, our bodies, our minds. It's changing by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you ought to start praising right now, not wait. Because what's about to happen for us is going to be supernatural. A lady came up to me um, at the uh, broadcast, or at the broadcast, at the revival in Ohio. And she said to, she said to me at pastor David's, she said, man, I've got such a great testimony. She said, I've never been able to buy a house. We were renting all this. She said, last year, the Lord touched me and you spoke to me that this was going to be the greatest year I've ever had. She said, not only is it the greatest year. And this was, uh, what was this now a week or so ago at the revival? She said, yesterday I moved into our first 
house ever. How quickly? Less than a year. God turned things around. I'm telling you, God will move quickly. You know, you thought about this? Everything the enemy planned to do to the earth, to a whole planet of people, to a whole history of people. Think about this. The entire planet was turned around in three days. (laughs) Death ruled, sin ruled. There was no righteousness that ruled. And then Jesus came. And in three short days, the whole course of history and future was totally shifted in three days. The world's story, not a nation's, not an individual's, not a family, the world's story changed in three days. Now, I want you to think about this. It didn't just change the future. It changed history because every one of those people who had done their very best to live for God under the law of Moses, who could not be saved. There was no blood shed by Jesus yet. There was no redemption. All of them in history gained access. They gained access to heaven. And you think about from that point forward, everybody who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ were get, gave, they gave them access to become the part of the family of God. In three short days, God changed the course of history and the whole course of the future of the world, of the whole planet. Didn't take 20 years, didn't take 50, didn't take 100 or 1,000. It took three days. And think about this, because this will blow your mind. Guess what changed the whole world? The Word of God. Because who was Jesus? The Word made flesh that dwelt among us. So I came to encourage you on this Thursday morning that a word that's gone forth is going to quickly change your situation. You should expect wonders to take place. You should expect signs, not in 2022, before this year comes to an end. We're not done praising. We're not slowing down. We're not slowing down. We're building up speed and strength and momentum and we're moving. We are moving into what God has for us. I'll tell you what, by the time we hit 2022, and I've told you what we're expecting, it's a year of divine possession. We will hold in our hands what we've never held in Jesus' mighty name. We will hold in our hands what we have never held. (laughs) We will obtain what's never been obtained. We will stand in and experience what has never been experienced. It will be our story in Jesus' name. And people won't understand it. That's the kind of big I'm talking about. People won't understand it. They'll be like, how'd that happen for you? That's what you you look for in 2022. One of those type of deals. That's what you look for. Look for that where people are watching what God's doing and they can't even put words to it. They can't even put words to what God is doing for you. It's so big. It's divine possession. You'll possess the land. You'll possess what God said is yours. The devil will not keep out of our hands what God said is ours. The devil will not keep out of our hands what God said is ours. I want you to get this in your spirit now. Get this in your spirit. You might even want to write it down. You might want to put it in the comments. You might want to say it out loud. The devil will not keep out of our hands what God said is ours. It will not stay out of our hands. God will arise and his enemies will be scattered. There's not a, let me just, let me just encourage you today. There's not an enemy in hell that has a chance in hell of stopping what God's doing in your life and in your family. Not a chance. There's not a chance in hell. I say that very literally. Not a chance in hell that the devil will take or hold back what God said is yours. That's right, Mike, because you can't curse what God's already blessed. That is exactly it. That is exactly it. 
You cannot curse what God's already blessed. And so this word, it's running swiftly, or as Aaron said, the New Living Translation renders it, it flies very swiftly. The word's moving, man. The word's out in front of you, the word's behind you. It's on either side. It's surrounding you. The Lord promised to be our rear guard. He also said, I'll go ahead of you. So you've got God watching your back. You've got God out ahead of you, making a way. Think, how, think about how good that is. He hides us in his wings. Psalm 91, he hides us in his wings. So that means we're surrounded by God. He's out ahead of us opening doors and making a way. He's behind us as our rear guard. Well, who, what does the devil think he's going to be able to do? What do demons think they're going to be able to do? They will not keep out of our hands what God said belongs to us. Now, I want to encourage you with this. Start making moves as if it's already begun. This is what I want to encourage you to do. Start making moves like it's already begun. What does that mean? How do you practically do that? Well, you say, well, maybe like that, uh, that lady in uh, Ohio, you know, so we've never owned a home. Maybe you're in a place right at this very moment where you're like, you know what? I'm looking at my bank account. I'm looking at my savings account. I don't have money to buy a home, especially where property prices are right now. And so I don't have money for a down payment. And I don't, ha- I don't have the resources to do that. I don't care. Go out and start looking at homes. If that's what your promise is, that's what you're believing for, go out and start looking at homes. Go, go check, go, just, start, just start going. What do you like? Go look. Go put your faith on it. Go put your faith on it. I, it, it brings me that uh, story, that brings me back to that story where Dr. Summerall asked the government to release the uh, C-130 cargo plane to be able to be purchased by civilians. Somebody asked him once, how much money did you have when you asked him? None. I didn't have money for a C-130 cargo plane, but he asked anyway. He was out doing what the Lord said he could do. He was out making moves and believing God for those things to take place. Right? So what are you going to do? Make moves. That's what faith does. Like it's already done. Make moves. Make moves. Take steps. I've, I've never done that. I've never had that. I've never gone that way. I've never seen that take place. It's all right. These are wonders. God's getting ready to do something supernatural. Now, faith, you know, there, there was a time Dr. Fred Price had a series called Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. And I know what he's talking about because there are people that get weird with faith. There was a lady, and it's not faith, it's just foolishness. There was a lady and her family in our church one time and had, her, had been hearing all of this teaching on faith and possessing the land and, you know, confessing it's yours and all this. And she took a different route. <laughs> her and her family, maybe they were nuts. God bless them, but they were nuts. And she, she went to this home that she said was theirs. And uh, it was not being, it was unoccupied. And so she's at, she's at this home with her family. And uh, they just decide instead of confessing it and believing God for to buy it and all this or someone to give it to them, they just break in. <laughs> And move all of their stuff into the house. And one of the owner comes by, is like looking at it, like, this house I'm trying to sell. Like, what are you doing in there? And the cops had to come and, you know, they're, they're squatters and squatters rights and whatever else. And I'm not even lying. This is what happened. <laughs> Dylan, I'm totally telling you the truth. And this family breaks into a house and they just start living in it. That's not what we're talking about on this broadcast today. I'm not telling you it's yours. So take it. That's called theft. We're not, we're not teaching theft. We're talking about faith. We're talking about faith. Faith confesses it. Faith believes for it. Faith is standing. Faith takes wisdom actions towards receiving it, but faith doesn't steal it. (laughs) God doesn't have to steal something to give it to you. God, God, I possess the land. Uh, no, you didn't. No, that's called stealing and you will go to hell for that. Um, I'm talking about let God do it. Let God do it. Let God do it. I shared this story 
when I was uh, preaching for our church for the pastor's appreciation that when I came down, you know, we have our house in Virginia, but we were renting a house in Florida till we got the lay of the land. And then all of a sudden, as we were being moved out of the house that we were renting because the owner was selling it, we had to start looking for a place. And we started confessing, believing. And um, I was out golfing with our pastor and uh, I was talking to him on the first hole. We were getting ready to chip up uh, onto the green for our, on the first hole. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of that house and there's this house I'm looking for. And I said, you know, I'm just, um, I'm really believing. I, I, you know, it's a, it was a step of faith. And without even thinking about it, it I, as I said before, it wasn't, he didn't say this flippantly or, you know, or like, like he was just trying to brush me off. He said it, it came right out of his spirit and he said it secondhand. Uh, you know, like not secondhand, but, but more like it was just, it was so quick that it seemed like it was offhand. I should say, he said, once you put your heart on it, it's yours. That's all he said. He said, once you put your heart, he said, put your heart on it. Once you put your heart on it, it's yours. And then he talked about that. God gives you the desires of your heart. He said, once you put your heart on it, he said, put your heart on it. So we put our heart on it. And it was a bigger house than the one that we were renting and we were renting a big house. And it was, it looked like it was out of our reach, but nothing's out of your reach. That's the thing people need to understand. Nothing's out of your reach. If God's in it, nothing is out of your reach. If God is in it, that's what you need to remember. Put it in the comments. Nothing is out of my reach. If God is in it, put your heart on it. He'll give you the desires of your heart. So there's a beautiful home. And it was a big home. And before I knew it, because God was in it and he gives you the desires of your heart, we put our heart on it. Now, people might've thought we were crazy. I mean, I didn't break in and live in it, but you know, we did do, we walked over there with the family or actually me and Carolyn, we took our bottle of oil as we did for this studio and we anointed that house. Now, of course it was, it was totally vacant. It was unoccupied. They were trying to sell it. Couldn't sell it for two years. God was holding it for us. We walked over there, we poured that oil in our hands and we anointed it, anointed the outside of the house. We walked around it. Now that's just, we just did that by faith. I didn't do that because there's a scripture that says, you know, walk around it and it'll be, I just walked around it and said, I'm believing that this is mine. We anointed it. We claimed it. You say, you're nuts. Maybe, but I didn't break into it and live in it. <laughs> so at least I'm one level nuts down, but I walked in, and do you know, Amazing to see what God did. It was owned by an attorney in Miami who had dropped the price now, $100,000. Hear this. That's like giving me $100,000. And then when we went to close, he said, you know what? I want to I sell this house so badly, I will cover all the closing costs. That was like another $15,000. So by the time I walk away, I walk away with $115,000. And because he dropped the price, I walk away with that equity. <laughs> I mean, like you couldn't, it, it's so supernatural, so supernatural. And all I did was put my heart on it because God can work wonders. He'll put things in your hand that only he could put in your hand. And they're supernatural. They're supernatural wonders. God will do wonders among you. God will do wonders among you. And I'm telling you, get ready for the biggest things that you've ever seen coming to pass. Wonders. Wonders. Why? We've got a God whose word, it moves very swiftly, runs through the earth swiftly. God's word's accomplishing things all the time. The question is, are they accomplishing things for you, his words? Or are you one of the ones that's just waiting for God to move and waiting for something? No, we are actively pursuing the promises of God, actively pursuing. God can do things so quickly, so quickly. Do you realize just in these last two years, two years, this ministry has been completely turned around, completely turned around. I mean, we've never stopped moving forward. I don't even know if some of y'all remember this at all. But if you've watched this broadcast long enough, you do remember this. But this was over two years ago, and all I was doing was this broadcast. And I'm trying to remember if I was even doing it every day. I think I had just started 
doing this broadcast every day. And the Lord had me speak something out on the broadcast. And I said, get ready to run so hard that you'll have to, uh, no, what did I say? There's such an increase coming that you'll have to run to keep up with the vision. And that just got, it jumped in my spirit. Now I was sitting in the living room of the rental house talking into one camera and, and just, that's all, that's all our ministry was doing besides podcasting. We were just doing the, uh, the, the broadcast. And I think we had just started the daily broadcast. And I said, get ready. Cause God's going to move in such a way that you're going to have to run to keep up with the vision, run to keep up with the vision. Do you realize that only two years have passed and they've not even fully passed? Cause I think that was like at the end of 2019 or something, they haven't even fully passed. I'm just trying to think of the timeline and God moves so swiftly that now I'm not sitting in a house talking into one camera and broadcasting online. Now we're in a studio that God gave us where everything's cash paid for. We're on television in 180 nations of the world. Plus millions upon millions upon millions of people get to hear and see the gospel on a weekly basis. People are being saved from all over the world. We're discipling people from all over the world. All these things have taken place and I didn't do a thing except obey the voice of the Lord, but his word runs so swiftly that increase is inevitable. And it's not just any kind of increase. It's violent increase. As we confessed all last year, violent increase and expedited favor to the point where you have to run to keep up with the vision. I went from basically having uh, one person, one person helping us to where our staff has now grown. Now we've got a whole staff of people that are helping us do what we do. Why? We can't do it all. We can't even begin to do it all. Can't even begin to because it's just far too much. God has put way too much in our hand for me and Carolyn to handle by ourselves. So he's attached, extremely gifted, extremely anointed extremely capable people to our lives and built a team that I would not trade for anything, anything. I feel like I have the very best team on the face of the earth. I really do. And I'm not just saying that cause it's mine. I travel, I've traveled all over this nation and around the world. And I can tell you, I could probably count on one hand the places I've been, and I'm not, I'm not saying this pridefully or in a bragging way. I'm telling you what God did. I could probably count on one hand, the places I've been that could rival the production quality and efficiency of this team. Jess Burton said the victory tribe thinks so too. Thank you. I'm being totally honest with you in all the places I've been, I can count on one hand, the places that I've been where the team can rival the capacity the efficiency, the productivity, and the anointing of this team. I promise you that. I promise you that. And I'm not bragging because I didn't create the people. I didn't create the people and I didn't go out and start headhunting for people that could be, God brought them and attached them to this vision. So when you know when God builds something, he builds it well. And we love you too. But I'm just telling you, it's amazing to me what God did in just two years. You know what, what it would take some ministries 20 years to do. God did it in two. That's, I'm just telling you how quickly God can work on your behalf and he's going to work on your behalf. Wonders are yours in Jesus name. Maybe you've never owned a rental property in your whole life. And you're just like, I don't know how to invest. I'm believing for that. Watch as God puts a prop, put properties in your hand. Cause you know what the promise is? You'll be the lender and not the borrower. You'll be the lender and you'll not be the borrower. You'll be the lender and you'll not be the borrower. <laughs> oh yes. God's going to do stuff that's going to blow your mind. Now, you know, that's big because when you're already a believer and then God blows your mind, it's not, it's not like you're sitting there in doubt and unbelief and you're like, I don't know if God can even do anything. And then he does something like, wow, no, I'm not talking about that. You're already a believer. You're already a faith individual. So, you know, if God blows your mind, if God blows your mind, 
to the next level. That shows you that he does above and beyond. Go to Ephesians. Go with me to Ephesians chapter three. (laughs) It's amazing, man. It's amazing what God's about to do. I want to just read it to you and you know it, I'm sure by heart, but you can never quote the word of God too much. Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think <laughs> according to the power that w- that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want you to get this in your heart. Now to him who is able, stop there. <clears throat> First thing you need to know, God is well able. He's well able. There's nothing, and and I'm sure you know this. I mean, I, I I shouldn't, I'm not teaching you this. You, You shouldn't have to, but you understand God is well able. There's nothing outside of his capacity. What in the world could be outside of his capacity? Nothing, nothing. He's well able to do what? Far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Now stop there and think about how big of a statement that is. He's able to do far more abundantly than things that we ask for. Okay. But the crazy thing is it doesn't stop there because I realize there might be people who don't feel comfortable asking for such big things. Well, there's a reason for that too. That could also be because number one, you don't have a proper understanding of who you are in Christ. So you feel guilty asking God for big things because you're like, well, look at me, lowly little worm. Who am I to ask the Lord to do such great? No, that's not who you are. You're a child of the King. You're seated in heavenly places. You've been made righteous. You're alive. You're part of God's family. You're the body of Christ, right? So there's some people that think they can't ask because of their guilt, but then there's other people that they feel like they shouldn't ask because so many other people are in need. I, you know, I don't, I'm actually doing well. I don't need to ask God to do anything else. God doesn't base how much he'll bless you based on if there are other people in need. What do you think? He has a limited supply. He doesn't have a limited supply. He's unlimited. Our God is unlimited. And so I get that, that there are people who they may not even ask and, and they may not ask to the full capacity that they could ask. I get that. But even if you asked to the fullest capacity, there are some things people won't ask for no no matter how much because they think, well, like that's, that's ridiculous, right? That's ridiculous. I'm I'm really going to ask God for that. I'm going to ask God. That's, that's ridiculous. Stop there because he doesn't stop with the word ask. He's able to do far more abundantly than you can ask or think. Now that one right there should shake you up because that now speaks to your imagination that God is able to exceed even your imagination. Oh my goodness. Even your imagination. So that means it's time to change your thought life to the point of imaginations, to the point of meditations on things that are big. You know what? Get big things in your mind. Get big things in your mind. Stuff seems small. Uh, for example, <laughs> there, I can't remember what, maybe Tiffany, can you Google this? Because this is, this is a real thing. I read it in a book, but I can't remember which book I read it in. There is, there is a method that salespeople use. It's used in sales. It's the thing that like TJ Maxx does. Like when you go into TJ Maxx and you look at the tag on a shirt and it says $14.99 compared to $49.99. That's a tactic. That's a sales tactic. And, and it's a something principle, I think it's called. Can you, can you check that? And, and I don't know what it's called, but there's, there's something they're doing because the moment you begin to compare to something bigger, the smaller thing doesn't seem like much, Right. When you look at that shirt tag at TJ Maxx and you're like, man, this was 50 bucks in the store and I can get it for 14 
That's totally different to the psychology of a buyer than just putting $14.99 on the tag. Because the moment you put the other number on the tag, they feel like they're getting a deal. They feel like, uh, oh man, this was 50 bucks, but I'm getting it for $14.99. That's totally different. Because you're, now there's a comparison to something that was greater. See what I mean? It's a comparison tactic. And it's like, I always, t- I always pull the shirts out to Carolyn or something if we're ever in a TJ Maxx, and I'll pull this up and be like, where was this $60? Tell me the store where they were selling this t-shirt for $60. You know, and I'll just like, as a joke, because it's, it's, I know it's a sales tactic. It's a sales tactic that's, that's, that's used all the time. You know, there's a, you know, there, there's a reason, right? When like, if they mark something down, like, have you ever seen a used car marked down on the windshield where it says like, you know, uh, 99, 99, 99 crossed out. And then it says 79, 99, And you're like, man, like $2,000 taken off that vehicle. That's a good deal. I got to run in there and check on that. I was like, how do you even know $2,000 was taken off that vehicle? What if they started with those two signs? You know what I mean? It's like, where are they selling that car for $10,000? So there's a tactic. The tactic that I want you to understand is this. When you're talking about imagination, were you able to find what that's called? I found it in a book. I can't remember what it's called though. Yeah, there's there's like an actual name for it. Like, uh, I can't remember though. But the thing that I want you to think is this. Stuff stops seeming like a big deal when you look at things that are larger, right? It's like, I was, I used to think like, and God will grow your faith. God will, God will definitely grow your faith. It's like, go start looking at things that are bigger to expand your vision. I mean that go look at things that are bigger to expand your vision. I'm sure they have a thing in your neck, in your neck of the woods, wherever you live, where they do those, uh, home expos. You, if you know what I'm talking about, if you ever been to one of those where you have all these massive homes that are built by these builders and you can see all the things that are newly available and all that, go walk through some of those big homes, go walk through them. And you say, or, or just go to a place where there's like homes that are like $10 million or go buy homes that are $5 million and just slowly drive through the neighborhood and look at the properties and look at the prices, go on to, go on to Zillow and look at the prices and look at the homes. You say, well, you know, a, a new, a new car, you know, like if I was to go out and buy a, a brand new or a 2020, you know, um, Mercedes or a, a an expedition or, or whatever a new F-150 King Ranch. And if I was to buy a 2020, man, it's this much money. Okay, now go out and look at a Bentley. Go out and look at an Aston Martin. <laughs> go out and look at, at, at something, you know, go look at one of these uh, <laughs> G-Wagons. Go look and see that there are sinners paying half a million dollars for a car. And then you're gonna balk because man, that thing cost me 65 grand for that car. Let, let your mind be expanded. Why am I telling you to let your mind be expanded? Because he'll do more than you can think, more than you can imagine. <laughs> it's like, you know, it used to be like, man, you know, you watch as your faith grows. I remember the first time I ever bought the highest, top of the line, highest SUV with the biggest gas tank there was. And I thought, you know, my, you know what my thought was? Man, I drive everywhere. How much is it going to cost me to fill this tank up? Like, that's, that's where I was at back then. It was like a 32-gallon tank for that big SUV and think, my God, like how much is it going to cost me to fill that tank? 32 gallons. And I drive to all my meetings. Okay. But then like, think about, you know what you do? Start looking at prices to fly places. Think about prices to fly places. Then you're like, Oh, it costs that much to fly. It makes the gas tank not seem like that big of a deal. But then, you know, you, then, you know what I started looking at? How much does it cost to fly me and all my family? to go places so that all five of us can go to different meetings. You know, this was early on. I'm like, man, that makes looking at that one plane ticket not so not such a big deal anymore. And then you start looking like, man, how much would it cost to fly my whole family first class to a place that I'm going? I'm like, man, that makes five coach plane tickets not seem like much anymore when you look at five first class tickets. But you know what you do then? You're like, what does it cost to charter a plane for my family to go somewhere? And then you look at that and you're like, man, it doesn't, it doesn't make, it makes those first class plane tickets for five people, six people, not seem like that much anymore. When you look at the price of a charter, 
But then you look at the price of a charter and you say, how much does it cost to charter this plane for a few, you know, whatever this year? You're like, man, that's a whole lot cheaper than buying that plane. You see what I mean? It's like, look at the larger thing because God will do more than you can imagine that he'll do. That's what this verse is saying. Now unto him who's able to do more abundantly than you can ask, but not just ask, more than you can even imagine. More, more than you could even imagine. That's what I'm telling you. Start meditating on big things. On big things. Don't think small. Christians should not be small thinking people. Small vision people. Go look at things that will enlarge your vision. I want to hang with people that have a much larger vision than I do so that I can see what's possible. So I'm like, man, look at the, look what God's doing in that vision. Look what God's doing in that ministry so that I see it. It enlarges my imagination to the place where like, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. I want to, I want to push for more. Never come. Let me, let me give you this before we pray. Never compare backwards. What do I mean by that? Never compare yourself or your vision or your, what you're believing for to those that are behind you. He's like, well, at least I'm doing better than him. Don't ever be that person because it'll keep you small. It'll keep you from growing. It'll mess up what God has planned for you. Never put it in the comments, please. Never compare backwards. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, at least I'm not like them. At least I don't do that. At least I don't have that. At least I am. It doesn't mean don't be thankful and it doesn't mean don't be content. It means don't compare backwards and stop moving forward. Always find those that are ahead of you, doing more than you, that are at a, a higher. Mildred says, what if you have no finances? You can, you can have finances. It's about obedience. God gives seed to the sower. That's either true or it's a lie. And it's true, by the way. And if you sow seed, harvests come from seed sowing. If you don't have finances, and, and this is not me being harsh, this is me just telling you the, what the word teaches. If you don't have finances, it's either as a result of negligence in life, meaning you haven't worked like you're supposed to work, or it's a result of you have not been a good steward of what you've been given, bag with holes in it, money, you have money coming in, but money just goes out because there's a bag with holes, or you're not a sower. You don't sow seed. You don't tithe and you don't give. So it's only one of those two things. And of course it could happen because of tragedy, but if it happens because of tragedy, all of it can be gotten back again. All of it can be gotten back again, but there's really only three reasons outside of tragedy, why somebody doesn't have what they need. And it's because either they don't work like they should, they don't steward like they should, or they don't give like they should. That's it. That's it. And if it's tragedy, which is the fourth possibility that can be recovered from. And so God gives seed to the sower. You can be blessed. God is unlimited in his capacity, unlimited in his capacity. No question. And so I want you to get this, train your mind to think at a larger level. Caitlin makes a great, great point. We believed for seed, but also saved up for what we wanted to sow into. And the Lord gave us the exact amount he told us to sow. Hope said, I sew, I work. Maybe I had a, maybe a bag with holes in it, fixable. It's about stewardship at that point. I sew. She said, I sew, I work, but maybe I have a bag with holes in it. And that's, that can be possible. That's where stewardship comes in because the majority of, and you wouldn't be alone, Hope. You would not be alone by any means because the majority of Americans and the majority of Christians in America are in a place where they're not stewarding well. And that's provable. I mean, that's statistics. They're not, they're not stewarding well what God's put in their hands. And so it just, it's something to look at, do with what God has given you. I understand. Well, that's what I'm talking about, Mildred. If it's a tragedy, it's a whole nother story, but it can be recovered from because you have Jesus who is a healer. You have Jesus who's a deliverer and you have Jesus who's a provider. And so God can touch you and God can bless you. No question about it. I, I agree with what Caitlin said. That's what Carolyn and I do. We set ourselves in position with a bigger vision. What are we going to sow this year? And we can never, we never outgive God. It's amazing. We cannot outgive God. It's mind blowing. Mind blowing. I believe, and we're just finishing up uh, because taxes 
for your 501c3. If you have one, you know they're not due until the fall, whereas personal taxes are due in the spring. We, we finished the taxes up for the ministry for last year, and it's amazing. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, we're just correcting all numbers again, just making sure everything's proper before it goes to the accountant. But it looks like that the largest amount that left our ministry, as always, last year, Kingdom Slice, went to giving. Went to giving. Supernatural. Same with our personal life, same with our ministry. The largest amount that went out the door went to giving. And you have to wonder, well, how does God bless you? So the reason God blesses is because we're doing what he asked us to do. Think at a larger level. Think at a larger level. In every capacity, with your ministry. What can I do at a larger level than I've ever done before? Because why? We serve a God whose word runs swiftly and he does more than you can think. Get your, get your imagination to the next place. Get your imagination to the next place and watch what God's about to do for you. Watch what God's about to do. It's going to blow your mind. You ought to give him praise at the end of this broadcast. I mean that. Put some praise music on in your house, at your office, and just dance because of what's getting ready to come. Lift your hands and thank the Lord for wonders that are getting ready to take place. It's mind-blowing to know the God we serve. He's unlimited in his capacity. Amen, Yanil. You do what the Lord tells you to do. Jeannie, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for everybody that needs a touch today. But I'm just encouraging you, think to the next level. Go to look at bigger things than you've ever looked at. You know, my, my cousin and I were laughing. We talked about this one time, like how, you know, people say they can't afford certain things, but they don't even know how much it costs. How can you say, you, first, children of God should never say, I can't afford this or that. Don't ever say that. But then it blows my mind that people would say that when they don't even know what something costs. Don't be that person. Get a bigger vision. Get a bigger vision than you have even now. And watch what God will do. Carol said, my uncle's in the hospital. He needs a touch. We're going to pray for uh, everybody today that needs a touch, a miracle, and believe God for turnaround. Father, I pray right now that you would supernaturally touch every person watching this and their loved ones that they're standing for. I rebuke sickness that's tried to attack God's people, tried to come upon them all these last 20, 21, 22 months. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I command it to loose its grip and let them go by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray in Jesus' name that you would open doors for us. Lord, we've set our faith. We know you are the most high God. There's nobody above you. There's nobody beside you. Your name is the highest name. Your word is the most powerful force. And now we stand and believe and we ask you, perform wonders on our behalf this year before the year comes to an end. Let it be so magnificent that you alone can only get the glory for what's about to take place. We thank you for that. We give you glory for what you're doing. We give you praise for miracle working power. We pray, Lord, for our, our, our pastor friend that is in the hospital uh, today. This emergency attack that came upon them. They rushed them in. I rebuke this attack of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. We send the anointing to her right now. Healing virtue flow through her body. Make her whole today in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, give her a miracle that nobody can deny that you'll get all the glory. You know, you know her, Lord, she'll always give you all the praise. So do it swiftly. Touch her by your power. We thank you for it. We give you praise and glory in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And we say amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're giving you an opportunity today to take that action of faith, to sow that seed by faith. You know, said, I have it in my spirit to sow a certain amount before the end of the year. Look at this. Tim said, while I was sowing $1,000 in 2018, I said, God, this isn't enough. I want to sow 10,000 in the, in the kingdom. And this Sunday I'll be writing that check. He gives seed to the sower. That's exactly right. Way to go, Tim. Way to go. I respect highly people that make serious moves for the kingdom of God. And a $10,000 seed is a serious move for anybody. I mean, 98% of people in America, that's a serious move. And I, I salute you for that because you're doing what the word of God says. You're having faith to step out 
and make the kingdom slice the biggest slice. And I want to encourage you today. There's people believing for financial wonders. It comes through sowing that kind of seed. There's the information on the screen. You can always go to miracleword.com. I have such an awesome gift for you in the month of November. My father's brand new book, The Camels Are Coming, is available. And it's our gift to you in hardcover. It's his introduction to the teaching on the gifts of the spirit. There's another volume that's coming, but this one is going to be so awesome for you to get in your spirit because this is what the body of Christ needs in these last days. The manifestation of the gifts of the spirit in operation. This will teach you things you've never seen, never known. And it's our gift to you that are standing with us in partnership. So I want to encourage you go to miracleword.com, click on the partner page and stand with us in partnership. Believe God, believe God to be one of those that not only prays for us, but stands with us at $85 a month or more and watch what God will do in your life. We've had so many testimonies come back. God will do the same for you. You can always give digitally as well. If you'd like to, all the ways are on the website. I say a big thank you to you. Again, listen to me. Tomorrow is a very important broadcast. And uh, I've been seeing some things, hearing some things about the upcoming future and uh, some, some very credible sources and some with track records that like, man, makes you wonder in, in a way that's like, yeah, it's consistent. I'm going to deal with it tomorrow on the broadcast. I'm going to talk to you about how we, what we should expect, how we should prepare ourselves, how to pray against it, what it is that the devil's trying to do. He's got no new tricks, no new tricks, but we need to be ready. We need to stand in faith. This is not about fear. It's about faith and wisdom, faith and wisdom. And so, uh, we need to, we need to be ready for whatever is going down in the upcoming days. Tomorrow is that broadcast, 1030. You do not want to miss that one. Tomorrow, my wife is back with my mom. It's going to be a great broadcast for the ladies. It's Friday favorites. You're not going to want to miss that one as well. This Sunday, uh, revival begins at our home church here in Margate, Florida, Abundant Life Church. Uh, Bishop Rick Thomas, Pastor Kathy Thomas, my father and mother are here ministering this week. Uh, coming and it's going to be powerful. If you have any way to get here, get here for these services. Uh, all the information's on the website. If you need the address, times, whatever, it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. And I'm very excited about it. Uh, of course, you have two more opportunities to be with us before the year comes to an end. The first is the Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend for our Holy Ghost service there in Pennsylvania. The second opportunity that you have is after Thanksgiving in Murfreesboro, North Carolina, and where all the information again is on the website, two more uh, opportunities to come and be a part of revival before the year comes to an end. It's gonna be a great end of the year. Wonders belong to us in the wonderful name of Jesus. I love you guys so much. Thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you for sowing. Thank you for being a part of what God's doing. The best days for us are ahead, not behind. Do not be discouraged. Larger imaginations. God's getting ready to do big things, big things in Jesus' name. I love you. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.